we celebrate that truth, God. You are Lord of all. You are the creator. You are the maker. You are the way maker, Lord. We thank you so much, God, for bringing this world into existence, God, for filling us not only with um, capabilities, Lord, but with passions and desires, with delights, with joy. God, we thank you for the blessings that you give us, Lord, and we thank you so much, God, that when we rebelled against you, Lord, you came in and you wrote yourself into the story. The word became flesh, and we get to marvel that the glory has been shown to us, and we thank you at this time that we live, Lord, that we know the truth, that Christ came, Christ died, and you rose again. We worship you, Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, all right. Good morning, good morning. Hope you're doing well today. Uh, we are, uh, I'm excited, uh, crazy, crazy stuff going on in our world all over the place from sports to politics to the community. Uh, and this is a big week, right? Today's November 1st and uh, in a couple days we're gonna vote. And, and my prayer is that God will have his way. That no matter what happens, the Lord, the Lord is the one who will be uh, having his will carried out. Whether we are uh, in line with that or we're just obliviously walking on the planet following our own ways, God will be honored and lifted up. And I guess selfishly for our country, I hope that the things of God will stay intact and will be the things that continue to uh, are a part of our society and not thrown away more and more. So we're praying for that, you know, and I hope you are too today, especially in the next couple days. Please get out and vote. Do that. Make sure you vote. Let your voice be heard. Don't uh, neglect that uh, responsibility as a citizen of this great country. Uh, but today we're going to embark on a new journey, and uh, journeys are awesome. Don't you love adventures? I mean, you know, whether it's bike pack, uh, biking or backpacking or uh, cross-country skiing, uh, we did that in the, the mountains of Colorado when I lived there. It was so beautiful there, out in the middle of, like, just rolling hills and mountains and beautiful snow and blue skies and just gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. I, I, uh, I can only imagine how the disciples felt when they went on these journeys, adventures from Galilee to Judea to, uh, to, to Bethlehem, you know, with Jesus as they moved around the country you know, for days, walking out in the middle of nowhere, watching Jesus do amazingly crazy, crazy things all over the countryside. How exciting uh, would that have been, right, to be a part of that? And to see Jesus do all these miracles and things that were never recorded, we'll never know about, but they got to witness because they were with Jesus. How, how insane is that? How fun is that? An adventure. Adventures are, are fun. You know, we do this with our kids. We, when they're little, we, 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 we go on these little adventures. It doesn't even have to be very far, but, but it just creates a sense of excitement uh, and newness and, and fun and anticipation. And uh, I, hope, I, hope, uh, I hope as we get into this new adventure, we'll be excited about that. If you can't go on an adventure, the next best thing when it comes to an adventure is to open up the Word of God and dig into uh, the treasures and, and uh, the, the adventure of 
of discovery in the Word of God and seeing what God has to say, exploring new treasures and kingdom truths. And so our topic is prayer. Our topic is, is prayer, and we're calling it, I'm, I'm calling it Living on a Prayer, because over the next few uh, months, we're going to be focusing our attention on prayer and what the Bible says about prayer, and we're going to um, focus on these things. So we're going to explore some biblical truths about prayer and look at some key passages of scripture and what i hope happens is that these will be life-altering for us that as we open up the word we look at the scripture and we talk a little bit about it and we kind of meditate on it and think about it that our lives will be changed that that god will speak to us and and prayer will really come to life in us and in our life and so uh, one of the things here at Burlington Christian Church is uh, we have a set of core values and prayer obviously is one of those core values because prayer is, is as a believer and as the church is that connection to the power and the presence of God. And when we, without prayer, there's no connection to God. It's just knowledge and it's just uh, information. But what prayer does, it, it actually connects us to the person of Jesus. Not a, that's the difference between a religion and a relationship with Jesus. Is that prayer, we are communicating with the real presence of God and his son Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. And we have a living, breathing relationship with him. It isn't stiff and it isn't stagnant. And it isn't just a bunch of rules that we are trying to follow. It's, it's actually living according to the heart and the mind of God, a real, a real person, a living person. And so that's what we want to do, and I hope it'll come to life for you. So uh, this morning, we want to just begin with a word of prayer as we start. Father, I pray that you would move in us, grab hold of our hearts. God, help us to hear from you as we open your word. Teach us something, Lord, uh, in, in, the, in the word of God that will change the way we think and make us closer to you and draw us near to you father help us to be better people as we live on this earth with other people and and let your word come to life in us god help us to to rely on you to know how important it is for us to spend time talking to you thank you that you hear us thank you that you speak to us through your word and in our hearts and in the spirit of God that lives in us, you are trying to communicate with our mind and our will and our being. And we just want to hear from you, Lord, today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So our text is out of the book of James. We did, we just prayed. And our text is uh, from James chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. Look what James says. He says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let him pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call on the elders of the church to pray over them and to anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. And if he has sinned, they will be forgiven. Confess, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray. For each other so that you may be healed the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective the prayer of a righteous 
person is powerful and effective. And I hope that prayer in our life is exactly that. It's not just, uh, it's not just some mechanic that we do. We pray before we eat and we just give God his, you know, five seconds of thanks, God. Appreciate what you've given us. Thanks for the meal. Thanks for the steaks. I hope it's more than that, that, that prayer is powerful in your life and it is effective in your life. And, and those are really important things. But notice what, um, notice, notice a couple things. There's a lot of good stuff in this, right? I mean, if take a minute and just circle the word pray, the word pray in this passage and, and the word praise when he says, uh, sing songs of praise. Circle those in, in four verses, six times, the writer James says to us, pray. So this passage is deeply rooted in the teaching about prayer and what prayer is and what prayer does. So it's, a, it's very important for us to understand what God says to you and to me in our lives as we live on this planet about prayer and, and how it impacts or how it can impact our life and how it should be a part of everything that we do. He teaches us several things, several great truths here about prayer, but the, the big idea that I want to share with you is this, is that prayer, prayer is turning to God today. That's, that's what I want us to focus on, as, and we're going to see that in this passage, that what prayer is, is it's, it's facing God, because we get running in different directions, right, and we find ourselves in all kinds of situations, and what prayer is, it's like saying to yourself, whoa, stop. And we turn to God. We face God. And, and I'm convinced that the more we do that in our life, like when, 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 uh, when you just go to church and that's all a person does is they just attend church and the rest of their week, they're just off doing their own thing. They are not facing God. They are, they're out there facing their own little world. They're, they're facing the direction they want to face. But the more you become uh, mature in your faith, the more you rely on the word of God, the more you realize how desperate you are for the Lord, and, and you, you realize how humble we ought to be because we are made from the dirt of the ground and he is God, the creator. And uh, we, we realize that and we understand that. The more you turn to God and then the more you do that on a daily basis. And then after, after doing this for a while, you are training yourself and helping yourself understand that I need to be turning to God like all the time. I need to just live my life facing God. And if I get sidetracked from time to time, I need to stop and get back to facing God. It's giving God your attention. Prayer is simply turning to God. And that's what James is going to say to us. Look what he says, verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? He says, are you in trouble? Then you should pray, right? Are you in trouble? And what he's talking about trouble here is he's talking about suffering or affliction, like uh, things from stress to loss to persecution or maybe even disappointment. Those kinds of things. Are you in trouble? Are things in the world coming at you, bothering you, getting you down? Are you in some form of like mental anguish, trouble? And he says what you should do in those moments is pray. Pray, right? Not what you don't do in those moments is become angry. What you don't do in those moments is become impatient. What you do do in those moments is relax, turn back to God, 
and trust the Lord. Don't take matters into your own hands. Turn and face God. Because when you're facing your heavenly father, you are reminding yourself that you're going to be okay. That there is this humongous God of the universe that put the stars in place and set everything in motion. And he loves you and he's with you and he's for you and he's given us everything we need to, to conquer this world. And so when you face God, you, you're reminded of his vastness and everything else begins to be very small. Look what else he says. He says, is anyone happy? Is anyone happy? He should sing songs to God, right? You should, in other words, praise the Lord. That's what you do. You praise God. And praise is about prayer. It's about talking to God. It's about saying, God, thank you. It's about being joyful. It's about understanding how blessed you are. It's a, it's a sense of appreciation that, that when life is good for you and you have those days or those moments or those months where everything is just falling into place and life is awesome and you're just dancing around and day to day, you're just happy-go-lucky, turn to God. And, and remember, give him thanks. Tell him thank you. Thank you, God, for working in my life. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for all that you do. And then he says, are you sick? Look, verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? If you're sick, and this has to do with like medically hurting, physically suffering, or bodily, uh, bodily afflicted, right? Here's what you do. If you are sick, you... You bring in the big guns. That's what you do. That's what James says here, okay? If you're sick, you bring in the big guns. And what you do in that is you, you call the elders of the church. If, if you are physically down and out and you are hurting badly, I'm not talking about a stubbed toe or a smashed finger. I'm talking about if, if, if the, the enemy or disease or sickness has got you down, you call for the elders of the church. And what this does or what this should tell all of us as Christians is that we need to be a part of the body of Christ. It isn't enough to just watch good sermons on TV or, or listen to your church's uh, you know, website. That's, not, that's good, but that's not enough. You need the covering and the relationship that you would have with your shepherds, the elders of your church, that you know who they are and they know who you are and, and you can go to them when you have this kind of a need, when you are suffering or afflicted with some kind of medical thing so that they can come and help you. We need to be connected to the body and to the shepherds that God has given us. And he says this, this is what they'll do. You call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them or you with oil in the name of the Lord. And so the elders, what they do is two things. I mean, they do other things, but for you in your situation, what they're going to do is two things. They're going to come, they're going to anoint you with oil. They're going to anoint you with oil. That's the first thing, oil. Oil in the scriptures, throughout the scriptures was used primarily as a, as a symbol of healing. Like the oil of God, you know, being upon us. The anointing of God being upon us. That, that oil is a symbol of, of like salvation and restoration and healing. Remember, in, in, the, in the Bible times, there were not hospitals. 
There weren't like hospitals on every corner like they are here in every town and, and you could take your kid to the ER. That, that wasn't the case there. The, there were, if you were fortunate, there might be somebody in your region who knew some things about the medical field. And they didn't probably go to a college to learn these things. They just kind of learned, self-taught themselves, and now they're able to help other people. And after a while of helping people, they became experienced at noticing and recognizing and dealing with and, and prescribing things to help people. But they didn't have the medicine that we have now. And so people in the body were called to go to the church, to go to the elders and let the elders anoint you and turn you to God, like just turn you over to God. Say, God, here's this hurting person. Here's this sickness. Here's this disease. Lord, we are giving them to you and we pray. So they anoint with oil and they pray. Those are the two things that the leadership will do over you. That, that in these issues that are bigger than just little things, you go to them and they, they pray over you and praying so so praying over you was that they actually you had to be in their presence this isn't like a phone call prayer for you or touch the tv monitor and and uh god will bless you this is in their very presence with them physically they are going to lay hands on you perhaps they're going to circle up around you and we do these things right now in our own church and we pray over people and we anoint them with oil we ask god to, to heal their, their, their brokenness or their disease or their sickness. And so we still practice these things. And this is what the church did back then. Verse 15, look what he says. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. So he says, here's what happens. The prayers that are offered with this reliance upon God, like we turn to God and we trust God and we have our confidence is set in Him, we realize we are just vessels. We don't have the power to do anything other than what God gives us the power to, to do, to live and to walk and to breathe and to, to rely on Him. So, so for, the, for anything of any significance, it's God having to step in for us. And all we are supposed to do, our part, is to turn to God. We go to God. We give it to God. And so we offer these faith prayers for people based on what the Lord is able to do. Remember the passage, your faith, over and over again, when Jesus healed people, it was because they came to Jesus and they knew if I just touch him, they knew if I just asked him, they know that he had the power. And Jesus would say, your faith has made you well. Well, you, you didn't make you well, but your connection to the Lord, because you turned to God and trusted God, and you have the confidence that God is able to heal and to bring uh, healing and salvation, because you believe that and trust the Lord, your faith in the Lord has made you well, that's your faith in Jesus. And then if, 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 if the prayer offered in faith uh, releases this power, what happens is people are healed, right? He, the, the sick will be healed, and a prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and, uh, and the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. And so there's forgiveness and there's healing that happens 
when we turn to God. Now, we re realize this. He says, if anyone among you. So the among you is the body of Christ. He's not talking about outsiders, uh, people in the world. He's not talking about the heathen or the unsaved or, or those that aren't Christian. He's talking about the ones that are in the body of Christ, that, that are a part of the church, believers in the Lord Jesus. And this is what happens. They'll be healed and they'll be forgiven. In other words, what happens is God will hear the prayers that are offered in faith and he will respond to those prayers according to his will. This is not a, a formula that we should use to get what we want. That is not what this is. That if you do these three things, God has got to do this. That is not the case at all. This is a living, breathing relationship. This is a God of all creation who knows better than we do. And that doesn't always mean that he is going to do what we want or what we think he should do. Sometimes God needs us to play out a certain role in our community or in our family. And that might mean that we have to endure hardship for longer than we'd like. And God wants to use that to be a testimony around us. And so we trust him. That's what confidence and trust in God means. It means that God, if you choose to heal me now, praise the Lord. If you choose to heal me in 10 years from now, praise the Lord. I trust you, God, no matter what happens, no matter how you want to go about working in my life. I just trust you. If that means I'm going in the lion's den, praise the Lord. If that means I'm going in a furnace, praise the Lord. If that means I'm going to be tossed overboard and swallowed by, praise the Lord. No, right. So, so it isn't about the outcome. It's about trusting in God. But God's promise is that we, if we will pray in faith, he will hear us and he will respond. Even if his response is just giving you the power and the strength and the mindset to go through what you're going through. Okay, because sometimes that's the answer God wants to give us. You might have to dwell or live in that situation for a while, but God still is going to bless you with the ability to go through it and to hang on to him throughout it. But we have to continue to bring our will to him and say, God, I'm turning to you. I'm going to keep turning to you. And God, I'm just trusting that you are going to do what is best for the kingdom of God, not for me, not for my family, but for the kingdom of God. And he says, James says here, verse 16, look at how he says, therefore, here's what we do. Here's what the church does. This is what close brothers and sisters of the faith should do. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So James says, look, what we ought to do is, is share our sins with other people. Like our sins, our faults, our weaknesses, our, our transgressions. And, and what we should do is be honest with our brothers and our sisters in the faith. But I gotta tell you, and you, you and I both know this, this takes trust, this takes respect, this takes a deep friendship. This takes like, like you're, you're trusting other people with with the confidence of your heart and your weaknesses in your life. The last thing anybody wants is to see their weakness posted on Facebook, right? That's the last thing we want. And so a lot of times we don't do this because we can't trust people. Like we just can't trust them. 
We don't know that they're going to go tell other people about our problem. And that is the last thing that we want. And to be honest with you, that is not what the church does. That's not what good Christian brothers and sisters do. They should be able to trust each other with information. And it goes nowhere. It goes nowhere but to them and then back to God. That's, that's it. It becomes, it becomes this triangle that you are sharing your sins, your faults, your weaknesses with a good close friend who loves the Lord. And, the, and now the two of you are in agreement and you're praying to God and that's biblical. But when that other person starts telling other people, it destroys trust. And we don't want to share that. That's probably the biggest reason that we don't do what James is telling us to do here. And that is get with other people and share your weaknesses because the devil would love for you to hang on to them all yourself so that he can keep pounding on you. Because by yourself, you're like that little gazelle, like away from the pack, and the enemy is going to pounce. He's prowling, he's looking for you, he's going to keep on chewing on you. Okay, but when you get with the pack and you're able then to share your, your issues with other people, now, you know, a, a string of cords or three strings of cords are not easily broken. That's, that's what happens when you have people you can trust and rely on. And so James says, we need to do this. We need to get to where you have people in your life that you can do this with. And he says, the prayer of a righteous person, he says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective right that's that's really cool and why why is it powerful and effective why is your prayers powerful and effective because you're working with god they're not powerful and effective because you have figured out how to deal with life and you you've read books and you've watched videos and now you're the smartest person in the room that is not why your prayers uh, are going to be powerful and effective. In fact, they will, they will slap you upside your head in the long run eventually if you think in and of yourself you've mastered this, this way of, 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 of knowing and predicting and, and, and relying on yourself. Okay, don't do that. That is not what this is about. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective because that person has learned through time and experience to trust and obey the Lord, to humble themselves before the Lord and to turn their life back to God and stay connected to him, honoring the Lord at every turn. And when you're living that life, God is going to hear your prayers and he's going to work and respond to you. So prayer is many, many, many things. If you had to sum it up in just a few words, what prayer is, is seeking God. That's what prayer is. It's about seeking the Lord. But in prayer, what we do or what we are at least reminded to do again and again and again and again is this. We're reminded in prayer to turn to God. In fact, when somebody says, let's pray, whether it's at the table or in a group or with some people, when somebody says, hey, can I pray for you? What, what you're doing when you say that to somebody, and I, and I hope and pray to God that you'll do that, that you'll take those opportunities. When somebody shares something with you that you know, this is not just some surface worldly thing. This is like something they're dealing with or struggling with. It's a battle. 
If you will say to them, hey, hey, let's, let's, let's pray. Can I pray for you right now? You know, it doesn't have to be a long prayer, just a short little, God, please be with my friend and watch over them in their situation. If you do that, what you're doing in that is you're, you're reminding yourself to turn to God for them, and you're helping them turn to God for themselves. And what a beautiful thing that is, because then if we all go out and keep doing that, more and more people will keep turning to the Lord. What a great thing could happen from that, right? It's, it's about turning to God. Uh, what we do is we recall that the Lord hears the prayers of the righteous. That's what God does. He hears the prayers of those that are righteous. And I'm not talking about self-righteousness, but I'm talking about God-washed and fully devoted to the Lord, like fully humbled to God. We, we are turned our life over to the Lord and we know that he is the only one who can answer our prayers. We remember, we remember what Jesus said when he said, your grief will turn to joy. The things that are bad, as we turn to God, they'll be turned to joy. That day will come, it will happen. Eventually it will happen, maybe sooner, sometimes later, but doesn't matter, trust the Lord. Paul said, turn away from godlessness or from godless chatter. Turn away from those things. Peter said, we must turn from evil and do good. And throw. So the scriptures tell us over and over again in lots of different ways to keep turning to God. Turn away from the world, turn to God. And we remember what it says in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7 when the writer said, if my people who are called by my name, the believers, will humble themselves and pray. Look at that. Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now, how, how big is this for us right now as a nation, as a country? How big is this right now? If my people, those of us who believe, will just turn to God We'll pray, call on his name, humble ourselves before the Lord, seek his face, turn from our own wicked ways. Stop doing those perverted things. Stop doing the things that you know are not pleasing to God. Just cut them out of your life. You don't need them. They're not helping you turn to God. What they're doing is they're dragging you away from God. Stop that. Then what God says is we'll do that. If we'll come to him, he will, he will hear us. He'll heal us. He'll heal us and he'll heal our land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. That's what God wants. He wants to, he wants to work in us. He wants to work for us. He wants to respond to us. But we have got to turn to him. Prayer is a lot of, a lot of things, but today we begin by turning to God. That's what prayer is. It's, it's his turning to God. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, the scripture says, Peter was speaking and he said, repent, repent, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Yet, did you hear what Peter said? He said, repent, which is this idea of turning away from your own ways and doing things God ways and turn to the God, turn yourself, face God, and walk with him. In your hearts, Colossians says, set apart Christ as Lord. Turn to God. He is the only one who can bring healing and can bring salvation. And so here's my encouragement today. Living your life 
on a prayer. That's what we do every day, every moment. We live our life on a prayer. But we can't do this until we are part of the family of God. You can, you can pray a prayer to, 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 to begin to move toward God and cry out to God, but, but God calls us to respond to him, to turn to him. Do you know Jesus? Is he the Lord and Savior of your life? Have you turned to him and honored him and obeyed him in the things that he said to do, to confess him as Lord, to repent of your sins, to be immersed into Christ, into the, let, the, let the, the symbolic blood of Jesus wash away your sins. Have you been born again? See, until you do that, prayer is a bad connection for you. But when you give your life to Christ and you obey God and you humble yourself and you do it his way, you honor God according to his plan, God will hear and God will work and God will respond. And so what I'd like us to do, we have this prayer wall here at our place. And, and we're, we're going to begin, you can see there's, there's really no prayer tags on it yet. But we're going to begin to put prayer tags of things that we want to pray about. People that are hurting like with issues and situations in our world and people like our first responders that we want to lift up to God. And, and people in our, in our families that don't know the Lord. We want to begin to pray for these people. But I, I got to tell you, the first tag, the very first tag that we have to put on this wall is not about our wishes and our wants. It's not about our list of needs. It's about us. And so what I want you to do, or I'd ask you to do, is get you a tag and put your name on it and then tack your, your name to the wall. Or you stick it in your Bible, or you say, God, here, here am I. As I am. Weaknesses, strengths, whatever, everything that, that I am, God, knowing that I'm not much, I give you myself. I give you myself. And I pray that God will begin to work in you in a new way. And as we move through this series on prayer, that prayer will become more meaningful to you and more life-changing in you. And God will work, not because we figured out how to pray or we say the right words, but because we realize that prayer is about turning and facing God and saying, God, I need you. That's what it is. God, I need you.